you are now juggling all of those things at once. Then you got to turn around and get up to be in here at like 4.30 in the morning. You could see where that would wear on anybody. How do you survive a week like that? And does a week like that make you question the multiple job thing? Cocaine. (laughs) Hi, Kelly. (laughs) Hi, sweetie. That's right. Daddy's okay. Don't worry about him tweaking. Welcome to yet another rousing edition of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. This is episode 115. Courtney Kelly, a licensed mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. Courtney getting some much-needed and well-deserved R&R. So filling in once again, as he has many times in the past, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ben DeCastro. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you for joining me. Well, actually, you're joining me. Oh, that's right. Yes, I'm sorry. There we go. (laughs) This isn't Coping on the Couch with Ben DeCastro. Right, no, no. Slow your rollover. Over there, buddy. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that was a former life. So how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, yeah. thank you, all things considered. And it's funny because when I knew it was going to be you right away, I thought, what can we talk about here? What is one thing that I think when I think about Ben and many people who know that I know you will ask me, what does he do exactly? And I say, <laughs> that's a very complicated answer from a career perspective, because much like me, you have held many different varying jobs over the course of your lifetime. Yeah. But right now, too, you're kind of piecemealing a lot of things together in terms of making your living. And they really are all over the map. And when I started thinking about jobs and mental health, there's really two things to that that can come into play. If you are miserable at a singular job, you spend so much time there, that can really take a toll on you. And I think we've all been there to some extent. And God forbid, if you found yourself in that situation and you can't get out of that job for a while, it can be difficult. The other thing that can be hard is if you find yourself and guilty as charged here, you see the amount of work that I put into the radio show that you've been filling in on. It is just a nonstop thing all day long. And when that starts affecting your quality, of life and believe me my wife complains about it many many times and i say oh yeah ms executive director of a nonprofit, because you're not putting in any hours at all yeah yeah, that must be an interesting argument (laughs) (laughs) oh and there's plenty of those the good news is we're so busy with work we barely have time to fight that can also cause some stress and some problems and i'm wondering if your approach maybe isn't the best because if you're doing a variety of different things first of all it'll never become boring because you're always doing something different and they always say too if you love what you're doing you'll never work a day in your life now i have to imagine with all of the different enterprises that you have going on some you prefer over others but for the most part would you say that this has been the happiest and best career path of your life or something less than that i don't know I've always taken to the fact that I've loved what I've done. Everything that I've done career-wise, even when I was young. You know, earlier this week, filling in, we were talking about first summer jobs. Yeah, you're filling in for Courtney on the morning radio show that we do in Providence. And that first summer job was the Bay Queen, which is a dinner dance boat that would go through the Narragansett Bay. It was dinner dance cruises. This was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. From there, I did a few different things, Ringling Brothers, and then I ended up at Cardi's. Now, let's not just gloss over that one for people who don't know. You did work 
for the circus. Yeah, yeah. And it's not as if you were sticking your head into a lion's mouth or you were the ringmaster. No. You were actually a musician. Yeah, I wanted Ringling to be Brothers. the ringmaster, but they had a height requirement. They legitimately <laughs> I'm not did. Not quite so. there yet. Yeah, no, still not there. Trying. Yeah, I played keyboards for Ringling on a substitute and regional basis. It was great. It was fun. Made a lot of friends. Still get those friends today. But I was always hoping to be Lobster Boy in well, the circus. <laughs> you could do that. Apparently, I've met some of the requirements, but they just didn't like me. <laughs> they require you to keep your pants on. <laughs> That's a circus tent if ever I've seen one. <laughs> The Cardi brothers eventually scooped me up back in 2002. Now, for people who don't know who the Cardi brothers are in this area, yeah. it's this massive furniture enterprise. Right. And you worked for, at the time, the three Cardis, Nick, Ron, and Pete. Unfortunately, Nick is no longer with us. Yeah. And that's how I got to know you, because from a media perspective, I mean, you just did everything for them. Yeah, it was a fun gig. And I actually started working there as customer service, and after a few weeks, Pete Cardi was the one. It's a family-owned business. It's been in the family for generations. And Pete Cardi was the one that said, hey, I think you have ADHD. Let's get you out of customer <laughs> service and let's find the right role for you. That happened to be promotions and events. So that really brought me down a path of exposing me to radio and TV media, a little bit of editing old smorgasbord of things, public relations and everything, because I dropped out of school. The second year of seventh grade was the last grade I legitimately passed. Mm -hmm. Everything, I failed eighth grade, and I just dropped. I couldn't do it. Do you feel that the ADHD was an issue in terms of you maybe being able to focus on your studies and be the best possible student? Oh, yeah. I was undiagnosed until I was mm -hmm. 18 years old. Oh, wow. And, and it was an actual diagnosis. That's always the thing, too. And I think we've talked about with Courtney in the past when you've been gone, and I've filled in with her, mm -hmm. so many people are like, oh, I have ADHD. There's actually like a two-day battery of tests to determine it. Once you figure that out, okay, that's part of the puzzle. Now it's when are you better during the day? When are you not as focused? Because it kind of comes and goes in waves. You know, it's funny. I have a similar sensitivity to people who say, I'm so OCD because I'm OCD. Right. And I mean, I'm not the kind of person who has to turn a light on and off 15, 16 times before I feel comfortable about it. But I have my rituals. And even Courtney has talked about that with me in the past yeah. she said oh, a lot of people are like oh i'm so ocd and they're really not she's like but you totally are and right. it's the same thing with you with your adhd and it's interesting that pete cardi kind of caught on to the fact that it might be difficult for you to just have one task and yeah. do one thing at a time maybe it's better served for you to be doing a lot of different things which is how i think you eventually evolved into who you are now so if somebody were to ask you the question as i said they very often ask me what does he do exactly? How many different things do you have going on, and how much has social media changed everything for you? A lot. My wife and I recently had this discussion. My wife Susan and I were just talking about things in life. We have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter that we adopted last year, so we have to make sure that what we're both doing is kind of in line. I have four main things. I have the social media side of things where I create my own content and I also create content for a few clients. Mm -hmm. And so that's one. Some of the media outlets? Right. Well, just the social media side alone, that's one side of things. I do Channel 10, I do their Studio 10, and I also work on some other projects with them. And that's like it, a local that's lifestyle a, that's a, type show. It's a local lifestyle show. NBC 10 is the NBC affiliate here in Providence, Rhode Island. So that's number two. Number three is Cat Country here doing radio stuff. 
And then number four is the Worcester Red Sox, which is the AAA affiliate for the Boston Red Sox. They used to be in Pawtucket. They moved up the road to Worcester. I was the fill-in guy for a while. Now I'm the full-time public address announcer, so I go to all the games. So when I was talking with Susan, we were saying, okay, how do we make sure that I don't just keep saying yes, 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 yes to everybody else? Because every time I say yes to something else, it's saying no to family time. Right. And I said, look, these are the main four. Unless something changes, these are the main four that I'll always do whatever I can to say yes to. If something additional outside of those four comes down the pipe or something big comes along, then we need to reevaluate. We need to talk about it. Or it's the way to keep it where, okay, I got radio, I got TV, I got internet. Those are covered. PA, Worcester Red Sox gets my outlet for a little bit of creativity and live event stuff. And that covers me on what I need to feel fulfilled. Well, I'm glad that you took it down that path because that was going to be my next question. And it's similar to what I said to you about me maybe working too hard. And I get accused of that by my wife and by Courtney from time to time. And they tell me you're not having any quality of life. So not only is that affecting your own mental health, Brian, it's affecting ours because we're not getting the time we need with and from you. You know, Courtney and I, much like you and myself, we're friends outside of what we do yep. and we have been for a very long time all of us yeah. really have so sometimes that serves as a wake-up call for me and that's what i was wondering especially with the three and a half year old and your wife who also works trying to balance all of those things to make sure that you're doing okay because yeah. you've got so much going on but also that she's doing okay and that Callie, your three and a half year old is doing okay right. and that everybody is cool to everything and you mentioned the main four what you didn't mention was too the volunteer firefighting thing yeah. that you also do. Yeah. That does play a role and it is limited to a degree. It's volunteer. There are some commitments that come along with it, but I've been doing it for over 20 years, so it's not as crazy as it was when I first started. I've got some seniority in that, but there are times because we're having to explain to Cal the other day we were out, there was a really bad storm locally and the next town over from where I live, I live in Warren, the next town over in Bristol had I think five or six different lightning strikes. They were maxed out and they ended up calling in what they call mutual aid so they Mm -hmm. called Warren we were coming back from Target it was getting close to Callie's bedtime and I looked at Susan because they're screaming for people and she said, okay, well, you don't have games this week. I'll just drop you off at the fire station. You go do your thing. I get a ride home afterwards, a few hours of doing what we do. But if it was a game week, I would have had to turn it down because I need to make sure I need to always evaluate how far I'm pushing that time tank. And this is where things can get absolutely insane and crazy for you. Now, for example, you have been filling in on the morning radio show for Courtney this week, and you also have the Woo Sox at home at Polar Park. So yes, Yesterday, you had to rush out of here oh. because there was a game with a 12:15 p.m. first pitch, a rare matinee game during the week. And then you got there, and I ended up getting a text from you at around 4:15 in the afternoon. And there is this debacle with the umpiring crew involving a rain delay and a game that probably should have been called, but a game that normally would have ended by maybe 3 p.m. You're still there, yeah. trying to figure that whole thing out. Now you have to tell your wife, look. I I thought I was going to be home at such and such a time, but now we're pushing it back another two hours. And before you know it, you were working more than 12 hours.
hours that day. And never mind the last time I took a vacation because what happened then was not only were you doing the morning show for me, the Woo Sox were also in play that week at home. I actually went to one of the games yeah, to yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah. And then in addition to that, one of the hosts on Studio 10 at NBC 10 got COVID. Yeah. So you are now juggling all of those things at once. And incidentally, a night game in Worcester, which it's a bit of a drive for you on top of everything else. Yeah. Those can run late if there's extra innings, if there is a weather delay of any kind. Then you got to turn around and get up to be in here at like 4.30 in the morning. You could see where that would wear on anybody. How do you survive a week like that? And does a week like that make you question the multiple job thing? Cocaine. (laughs) Hi, Kelly. (laughs) Hi, sweetie. That's right, Daddy's okay. Don't worry about him tweaking. No, so that was such an interesting week. And I have these gaps, even from long time ago, I have this ability to negotiate sleep where I can trick myself into thinking, all right, if I go to bed right now, I can get like two and a half hours. I'll go do the game. I'll come home. I'll get a couple hours. My biggest thing was prepping, making sure I had my clothes laid out because obviously radio, who cares? I mean, you and I are sitting here stock naked right now. Nobody realizes. But for TV, it's Looking a visual. Looking at you, I'm realizing it. <laughs> Well, you see through the hair. The TV is a visual product, and I have to make sure that there's a certain dress code-esque to be maintained. And at 4 o'clock in the morning when I'm waking up to come here, I can't exactly be flipping on the lights in the room so that my wife is like, hey, what's going on? I would have to do it the night before. And actually, because I was at baseball, that was the afternoon before. So really, that long-term planning got a little crazy. It really, that week, it got to be like a Lady Gaga show. You're doing all these costume changes for all of your various jobs that you have. And I'm wondering, on a week like that, where there was the Studio 10 COVID thing, where there was the morning show, where there were the baseball games, when you have to explain to your wife what that week is going to be like, what is her reaction usually? Is she pretty understanding? Or understandably, is there some frustration? And are there ever conversations which sometimes can put stress on a marriage? Hey, can we maybe get these four things down to two things? Would you prefer to have it that way? Would you prefer to maybe have just a couple of jobs or maybe one of those things that you really, really do like? And obviously you have a knack for the social media influencing. And there are some people who can make a lot of money at that. If you could do just that, would you do just that? Or would you miss the other things too much? See, the thing with the social media is it's what I create. I have the video series, whether it's the carpooling with Ben, which is the in-car interview series that I do. I've done it for a while. I do some long form interviews. I do some comedy, some funny stuff here and there and just a variety of things. So that fulfills whatever you want to call it. Whatever Jones you have for creativity. Exactly. So that takes that off the table. Would I love a single solid gig? Hey, look, if it paid the right amount, sure. Money talks and BS walks. And right now, piecing everything together, and I am in a fortunate position where my wife works an incredible job and she gets the health benefits through there. But if that ever went away, then I'd have to reconsider. And my Mm -hmm. wife and I do talk about that. We recently talked about it with just some things that we've got coming up and we want to make sure we get done down the road. It takes a little bit of that planning, and for me with the ADHD, that's tough because I have it in my mind. My wife is very education-minded, very developmental-minded, so she needs it in a different format, and finding that communication in between is hard, but 
we make it work. Now, what of that ADHD? You're saying, ideally, if I could get paid the right amount of money to do one thing, I would consider taking it. But would you be afraid that maybe it would set your ADHD off into just full-on mode because variety is suddenly not the spice of life and maybe you're doing the same thing over and over again and some of the needs that you discussed aren't being met in terms of, let's say, it's a job that isn't all that creative and suddenly you can't be creative and you don't have that kind of control, would that start causing trouble for you from a mental health perspective and trouble on that job? Well, there's two things. One is the fact that I do take medication. I Mm -hmm. do take Adderall for my ADHD and it is very helpful with focusing and being able to accomplish and helps that brain chemical imbalance that I have. It's got to be the right job. It's got to be the right full-time offer. Mm -hmm. Like everything would have to align. And those things do happen. Cardi's for a number of years. How many years were you there? I was there full-time 15 years and then I still do contract work for Mm -hmm. them through the social media stuff, which is cool, which is great. And it's afforded me the ability to have some flexibility. We did the foster care thing for a while. Now we've adopted Cali. So that afforded the flexibility there. And I tend to look at the bigger schedule. There are times where I get overwhelmed and I have to step back and I have to say, okay, is this really as hard as I'm making it seem? Or is it really as easy as I think it is, but I'm tricking myself? Am I fooling myself? It's got to be the right mix for a full-time gig. It's got to be the right mix of everything. It's got to work right with the family. And at some point, I do realize that if I've got to do something different to take care of the family and give Callie the best possible life and Susan the best possible life that I can provide, then yeah, I may have to give up some of that stuff. But I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate that I've been able to make things work. On a side note here, and I was with you throughout the entire journey of the fostering situation and the adoption, and that wasn't your first go-round with it. There was another child that was involved for a while, and I'm sure emotionally that took a toll on you. But as the two of you were making the decision to bring a child into your lives, was there much in the way of conversation and discussion along the lines of, hey, Ben, you've got all of these spinning plates, and we both know what a responsibility a child is in addition to all of that, Were there any concerns about how is somebody like you, and especially somebody who also has ADHD, going to be able to handle that on top of the multiple other things that you're doing? Caring for the child is not the issue, meaning that was never the issue. The issue was more of the timing and making sure that I get enough quality time. And even on a weekly basis, you have to look and evaluate, okay, this is kind of a crazy week because it's morning and night with something, and that's Mm -hmm. when Callie's not in school and everything. So just trying to piece that together, you evaluate those situations. There's times you can't do everything. That's the thing I need to realize, that at some point, I may have to say no to something. No, I can't do this. TV gives me flexibility because it's not always live. I can create the stuff and send it in. The social media stuff is the flexibility. The really only time constraint stuff is radio and the Worcester Red Sox because of my role there. And I suppose there is this as well. This is your busy season. Now, the Woo Sox, that's not an all-year thing. Right. It's seasonal. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And for as much as you love doing that, once the season is over, how much more uncomplicated does your life become? Yeah. And do you notice 
that it has any kind of effect on the mental health of you and your wife and maybe even Callie when you have one of those things off of your plate. Off season for baseball is definitely a lot less stressful for all of us. Obviously, I'm not driving. I'm not under time constraints as much. For Susan, it gives her a lot more flexibility. She has to work a little later. She's not restricted to getting out of the office at a certain time to make sure that she can pick up Callie from school and whatnot. So there is a little bit of relief there. It's 75 games a year. The way I look at it is, all right, it's only 75 out of 365. I have to make sure that at times I put myself in my wife's shoes and say, you're doing what this week? Mm -hmm. Because things change. But the other side of it is, two weeks ago, I was up there and somebody approached me about doing PA for a college football team. I said, no, I enjoy being married and (laughs) I'm going to have to turn that down because I can't lose every Saturday. Well, you know, you might meet a cheerleader. Uh, No, I'm good. I am all set with that. I know you're good. I'm just kidding. With all the jocks, I'd be lucky to be noticed. They're not allowed to fraternize. Don't worry. I've looked into it. (laughs) Not that I'm a jock, but I am married to somebody who was a cheerleader. So (laughs) a head cheerleader, as a matter of fact. But I also want to introduce this component where I think the baseball job can really complicate matters when it comes to a marriage, and especially for the timing of it. It is smack dab in the middle of the summer. It requires you to lose a lot of weekends when you could be spending free time with your family at the beach and things of that nature. And it must be tough to get away because Mm. you always have that hanging over your head. And there are a lot of people who take full advantage of the summer and they do exactly that. Does that become an issue at all? And how do you work around it if it is? I had a lot of experience, obviously. My first job being on the Bay Queen, that was a nights and weekends thing. So I was conditioned to miss fun times, summer gatherings, parties and whatnot. Working for Cardi's Furniture and Mattresses, that was retail. Understanding that some of the events would happen during the day, Mm -hmm. but the stores were busiest nights and weekends. And maybe that's changed a little bit as time has gone on. But I've always realized that I'm in an entertainment style industry that's going to be awkward hours because you're entertaining the rest of the world to a degree. So there are times where, yes, there are parties that come up. There are cookouts, birthday parties and whatnot, where Susan has to say, oh, yeah, it's a game weekend for Ben. So it'll just be Callie and I attending or what have you. And for the most part, I'm sure people understand. Right. But I have to think that sometimes it causes some frustration for your wife. Much like my wife is a saint with the hours that I keep, Susan, your lovely wife, is also a saint having to endure all of that. And the way that I can relate to that, too, is coming up in radio. I can't even tell you how many times, especially when everything was live, you were the person that worked Christmas Day. You were the person that worked during Thanksgiving. You were the person that worked on Easter. And you would constantly have to tell a significant other, I'm sorry, I can't can't go to your grandmother's because I have to be on the air. The other downfall to that gig is you couldn't lie and say to people, oh, I can't go. I'm working because all I have to do is turn the radio on and see that you're full right, of crap right, back yeah, in no. those days. I had learned way back in the day when I was very busy with Cardi's going to many different events. I had learned, and I'm giving a secret away perhaps, that I would always say, like, if I had two or three things to go to at the last one, I'd say, I got to go do another event. And at one point, Susan caught on. She says, well, what's that other event? I said, going home. <laughs> That's the event <laughs> Which, tonight. in your life based yeah. on how much you do that really and truly is it is event. a unique yeah the neighbors are like who is this guy uh <laughs> wait a minute is this a home invasion of some R- kind exactly we should call somebody 
Obviously, if there's a very special event and it happens to be on a game day, I can tell them, look, I have a wedding I have to attend. They have a line of backup right. people and whatnot. I so, remember when I went recently, too, you had a funeral that you had to be right. at. Right, yeah. So, was, so, and again, I've done a lot of work with the Woosocks, and they are great people and very understanding. So they're excellent people to work for, and I imagine they would be very, very accommodating when it comes to things like yeah, that. Yeah, obviously, it's a family-first organization, and even when I went through that first round with our little boy, Jaden, the first foster child we had, mm-hmm. when everything was going on with that, it was the mid-season. Dr. Charles Steinberg, the team president, mm-hmm. and he's obviously big in the world of baseball, Larry Lucchino, who, who is, was at one time part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Right, and he's the principal owner of the Worcester Red Sox. He just was recently inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. All these guys would come up to me and girls and say, mid-game, everything going all right? Is there anything we can do? If you need time, you take it. Larry Lucchino is juggling all these different elements there. He's in all these Hall of Fames. For him to come up and say, if you need something... Right. Not sure what I can do, but, but he'll do it. Don't worry about here. You know. One last question, because I know we have to wrap and you yeah. have to get out of here. But one of the problems that I find, too, especially working as much as I do and keeping the odd hours that I keep, is that when I finally do have some free time, I'm like, oh, yeah. I've ignored adulting. Yes. I haven't been to the supermarket. I haven't been out in the yard doing that work. What about that work-life balance and how that affects your mental health? Well, during the COVID thing, I actually got into the yard care thing, and people could see those videos online, which <laughs> has been good. And funny enough, that yard work actually is one of those things that I thrive on because it's progress. And, I, and it's it, relaxing it, it, to you. Yeah. So that's good. The grocery stuff, the adulting, taking care of a human. Thankfully, my wife is very good as well. But I need to always be cognizant of, I know my schedule's crazy, so I need to check in with my wife. And sometimes if I'm not checking in enough, she'll let me know. What can I do to help? Do you need me to prep stuff for dinner tonight? Do you need me to go shopping? Some shopping I can't do. My wife and I have a very strict rule. We only go to Target together as a couple twice per calendar year. Otherwise, it's not good for the Target. (laughs) But nonetheless, we do have to check in. And the one thing that I can say is this. You always have to go back to is on Mondays, I have a time blocked out. And I did it at Cardi's and I do it now. And Pete Cardi was kind of the one who pushed me towards it. I have a time blocked out called calendar management. If it's not on the calendar, it's not going to get done. What gets scheduled gets done in my life. So I need to sit down and focus on the calendar, say, okay, what's happening this week, the next two weeks, the next month? Where is my time allocated? And am I putting enough time in the right places? Where can I negotiate? Okay, I need more family time here, so I need to dial this back. So that's a big thing. And I want to close with this off of something you said, that if you're not delivering in the ways that you should be, your wife will let you know. And it really is when it comes to that work-life balance and how all of that affects your mental health, all about the communication. And there can be many times where I come home, I've done the show, I've done the podcast, maybe I've had a bad day at work, I'm all talked out. But I have to force myself. My wife, as you know, as she's on the most recent episode of Carpooling with Ben, which you can check out on my Facebook page. You can subscribe and all that good stuff. She likes to talk. Yeah. So I have to be available, and you can't be that person that just shuts down 
or becomes that person if your significant other says, hey, I need this from you. Don't be that person who's like, do we have to do this now after the day that I've had? You want to end up on the track of divorce? That'll happen really, really quickly if you don't have communication be one of the biggest parts of your relationship. It is just so key because if you're having a bad day, explain what's behind that bad day. Sometimes my wife will say, if I'm not saying enough, is it something I did? And I have to assure her, no, it's not you. There's some comfort in that. And then I say, it's this, that, and the other thing. And there's nothing that you can do about it. I appreciate that you're checking in. And I'm going to try even harder to not take it out on you. These are all of the keys to a happy and healthy life when it comes to career and everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the accountability is huge. And you just have to know that when you're told that, or I should speak for myself, when I'm told, hey, we need to talk about things, what's going on with this? It's not an attack, which I can feel like it is. I can take it as we an attack. We get defensive. It's not the attack. What it really is, is relationship maintenance. Yes. More yep. than anything else. Right. And you don't take that personally, much like they say in business, don't take it personally, it's business. When it comes to a relationship, speaking of working, that takes just as much work as anything else if you're doing it right and if you're doing it well. Well, Ben, I was so happy to add one more thing to your plate with this podcast. (laughs) My apologies (laughs) to your lovely wife, Susan, and your beautiful daughter, (laughs) (laughs) She's at school, she's working, I'm going to go home and take a nap. Now, (laughs) I've got some landscaping issues myself that you and I can discuss once we stop rolling. (laughs) Burn all your grass but dude thank you so much for everything that you no, do for pleasure. us both on the morning radio show and on the podcast and i'm really proud of you guys putting this together i say it to courtney all the time and i know this is the first time actually you and i've worked together this calendar year just because of the way things worked out right. you take your vacations later on in the year this podcast i've heard from people and i know is making a difference so good on you guys for keeping well, it thank going you. it's a grind and we do owe a lot to you because when it came time to get a podcast up and running we're like well hmm who knows a little something about social media and how to publicize this thing and who has done some podcasts himself (laughs) and i went right to you and even when i did the first one of the previous podcast you came back you gave me some notes and some of the elements that you hear on that podcast are the result of things that you said and advice that you gave me so you're just as big a part of this as anybody else so thank you ben for anybody who wants to get in touch with us you can do so All of the major social media platforms at Cat Country Mornings, of course. We have individual pages. Brian with an I, Mulhern, M-U-L-H-E-R-N, Courtney with a C, Kelly, E-Y, Bedard sometimes. Ben, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to subscribe to anything, plug away. Yeah, just go to YouTube, at YouTube, Ben DeCastro on Facebook and everywhere else, Big Ben DeCastro. You can find me. I'm pretty easy to find. It's not that hard. And of course, obviously, being with you guys, my stuff is also usually tied in, so you just scroll through. You'll find me. Ben is usually very easy to find unless you're married to him. Where is he now? Paul of Park or Cat Country? Ben, buddy, thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney Bryan. Oh, and little Ben as well. Hello. I want to talk about-